This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. On today's show, we'll recap some games and storylines from the weekend, including the Sun, who look burnt out without their MVP candidate, John Cole Jones. The Dallas Wings look good. The 25th anniversary of the WNBA and its growth in recent years and how the Liberty Sparks game honored the day of the inaugural game. A little bit about that. And finally, the All-Star game is happening this season. More on that and some new rules. We're getting into it all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your co-host, Karina Mustafa. I write all things New York Liberty and Phoenix Mercury over at Venus Sports. And I'm on the social team over at Nets Republic. Amy could not join us this week, but we have a very special guest, someone who I call a close friend, an amazing basketball mind, Evan Gualberto. Evan, you have the floor to tell people where they can find you and all the basketball work you do. Oof. Okay, um, so one Thank you for the intro. I consider you a close friend as well. Uh, I co-host a WNBA-centric podcast called The Step Through with the great Sabrina Merchant. I have a YouTube channel where I do NBA and WNBA um, player compilation reels and things like that. And most of all, like I enjoy basketball conversations. So you can just find me on Twitter um, at Evan underscore Gual, G-U-A-L. I'm I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere. So yeah, I'll link it all. I'll link it all in the description. Um, All right. So before we begin, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Women's Basketball, wherever you listen to podcasts, every follow, every subscription helps us continue to put out daily content for you. All right. So let's get into it with the first game of the weekend. uh, The Connecticut Sun who fell to the Chicago sky. They beat them 91 to 81. Last week we talked about the we talked about the return of Candace Parker and how the sky are just going to continue to get better and better. But the Sun have been missing their MVP candidate, John Paul Jones, since she's been overseas to play Eurobasket. They are 0-3 without her. So Evan, what have you been seeing with this team obviously missing her? So I actually I'm not the biggest counting stats person, but I just had to see what it looked like statistically. Um, In their last three games, the Sun are second to last in the league in points, threes, and rebounds. They're only ahead of the Indiana Fever, which is, it's not a great sign when you're in that company. Um, But so you compare that to the last 10 or the first 10 games with John Quell, and they allowed like the lowest number of second chance points by a lot. And now they're last in the league. So they're basically bottom three in defensive rating, opponent second chance points, points in the paint allowed. And, you know, that probably has something to do with the fact that, like, this huge, both offensively and defensively, MVP-level player is out for them. You know, hard to, hard to account for that type of player being missing for you. Yeah. Do you think this like solidifies her role in like the MVP race or is this like the games away? Is that going to affect it? Well, I think, I mean, the, the MVP conversation is super interesting, but if, <laughs> if the Sun don't win very many games without John Quell, then I think that proves that she is the most valuable player to her team. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we've seen like a lot of teams just like 
come out with a really hot start. And then now as like the, the season's moving on, it's been kind of like averaging out a little bit. Obviously there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Um, the team that the Sun are actually going to play next, which I want to talk about a little bit, are the Dallas Wings. Uh, they were my team in the West that I was pleasantly surprised with. And, you know, they've been holding their own so far. They started out a bit rocky, but everyone was saying, you know, they're better than their record. And the, the last game, they defeated the Lynx 95 to 77, which was a pretty large margin. Marina Mabry led the team in points. She scored 28. And when she reached 19 points, there was this stat that I specifically asked Bradshaw, uh, to send me, which was she had 19 points on 103.26% true shooting, which is insane. Um, what have you been your thoughts on the Marina and Enrique duo? Okay, so this is another one where it's just like the numbers are insane to me. Um, Sabrina and I talk a lot about them on the step through just because, I mean, how can you not talk about Marina and Enrique? But at the time of this recording, there are three players tied for most three-point field goals made in this se- on the season. Sue Bird is one of them. The other two are Marina, are Marina and Enrique. The Wings duo are number one and two also in three-point attempts per game. Enrique is shooting almost seven a game, and Marina is shooting six and just over six and a half. So that's like, it's a lot. But on the other end, like... So they've played um, 13 games now, I believe. The first eight games, they were middle of the pack in terms of turning the ball over. But now, in, the la- in their last five, they're tied at the top of the league in fewest turnovers. So they've cleaned a lot of stuff up. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with, like, the rocky start plus, like, figuring out rotations and things like that. But when you have Arike and Marina you know, that makes up for a lot. Yeah. And, you know, as a coach, like, can you comment on like Vicky and how she's been kind of running this team so far? Um, so it's, it's interesting to me because obviously you want to give those two as long a leash as possible, but as, um, you two noted last week and, um, that's a point like I really wanted to talk about is you saw in the aces game, Arike took just a second too long getting around a screen in a late game situation. And Vicky Johnson pulled her out and told her to sit and you could see the camera pan and she was giving her an earful. And I think that's a little bit of like a coach setting the standard of like, it doesn't matter who you are and how good you are. If you mess up, like, we, yeah, you could probably use a reget for the end of that game. But going forward, players are going to remember, especially the young players, and there are so many young players on the wings. doesn't matter how good you are. If you are not performing to the level that I'm asking, you're coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's helped with this roster, you know, just to take them seriously now, because we've seen how the wings have been in the past and, you know, they brought in their new coach. Now they have all this young talent, like you said, and I think that this is a team that you can actually keep your eye on because they can actually do something really good. Um, all right. So in just a moment, we will be highlighting the importance of the WNBA and its growth on the 25th anniversary of the inaugural game between the Liberty and the Sparks. But first, let's hear from Indeed. 
Okay, so you're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview, all on Indeed. You can get your quality shortlist of shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. You only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and you can schedule and complete video interviews on your Indeed dashboard. As soon as you sponsor a post on Indeed, you can get your quality shortlist from resumes on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You have, you know, you have tools like Indeed Instant Match. It gives you quality candidates, um, and you have Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring by 27%. Uh, you can choose from more than 130 skills tests, and then you add your must-have requirements so that you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. You can get started right now with a free $75 sponsored uh, job credit to your upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Let them know we sent you. It's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Uh, the offer is valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Don't forget to tune in to the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast throughout the week, as well as Friday Conversations with Howard Megdal. Okay, Evan. On Sunday, the W celebrated its 25th anniversary of the inaugural game between the Sparks and the Liberty. The result wasn't very different this time. The Liberty won. Uh, the only thing different was that, obviously, we have new faces everywhere in the team. Um, I want to ask you, how important was it to introduce a women's league 25 years ago? Is this a, is this a dig at me being old? I, <laughs> uh, no. Um, so I think, I think it's greatly important because representation matters. And like, the idea that you have like a different, okay, let me say the Olympics um, have always, the USA women's team, like dating back to before the WNBA came, have been competitive slash successful. And the idea that like only men could play basketball has always been insane to me. So uh, with the introduction of the WNBA, like there was for a time, a period where, you know, people would make fun of, well, me specifically, um, for like watching the women's league. But I uh, like from early on, I understood like basketball is basketball and it doesn't matter like who you are, what you look like. If you love the game, like there should be something in it for you. So, you know, I have coached now many like youth players, I've coached a bunch of youth players now um, and it matters that they can just say like, Oh, I don't, I don't just want to be Kobe Bryant. I want to be Maya Moore. I want to be Diana Taurasi. Like I um, have the DVD of Diana Taurasi on better basketball. And I think that was like foundational to my growth as like a basketball player, as a coach. So like, I've always thought it's the coolest thing just to have more representation. 
Yeah. And, you know, a point that I like to bring up with people is that even though we have, you know, we have the men's league, we have the women's league, but within those leagues, not everyone is a man or a woman. I mean, we have non-binary folk. And I think that it's important, especially with the growth that we've seen in the W in recent years, that we kind of just start to evolve um, our thinking that, you know, sports aren't just for men and they're for everyone. There's, it's like you said, like representation is so important. And I think, I always love seeing like posts on Twitter where I see like a little girl or, you know, a child just like rooting for their favorite W team and how that's like kind of inspiring. So I think it's it's so important. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little about the game that did happen on Sunday. The Liberty beat the Sparks 76 to 73 in a nail biting game for me because they are my team. Uh, I'm starting to develop a really big, like emotional attachment to them. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about Beck Allen. She had two huge blocks at the end there. You and I were texting back and forth with excitement about her. So can you just tell me like, as a basketball coach, like what intrigues you the most about a player like Beck Allen, who is not only an offensive boost, but she's always active on the defensive side of the court. I, well, I may or may not appreciate the fact that you outed me as a huge Beck Allen fan. Like I, I generally try to keep it that I, I just, I, I stay out of it. I, <laughs> I'll do game threads for every team except for the Indiana, Indiana, Indiana Fever because like that's it's a rough watch. Hopefully that'll change one day. But yeah, Beck Allen is the type of player like I would I would love to coach. She played all but two two minutes and change and was an extreme deterrent defensively. Yeah, those those two blocks at the end of the game were huge, but what she provides is positional versatility. Like I I posted this on Twitter at the the importance of Beck Allen, especially on that last possession, is that she went from guarding Christy Tolliver to Erica Wheeler and multiple times throughout the game, she, you know, would switch on to like Amanda Zowie B or Nia Coffey, Brie Holmes. Like it doesn't matter who you have out there on the floor. Beck Allen can contain, if not fully stop, a post player or a wing player. It, it doesn't matter. What she provides is just as valuable on the offensive end as well. F- spaces the floor, hits threes. She hit five in this game, which is more than anybody else did she hit actually her five were um instrumental but also like the sparks only hit six threes like she almost went toe-to-toe with the sparks in terms of three-point field goals made so like there's so much she can do and i mean i've been outed now but yeah i'm a huge beck allen fan I'm sorry for outing you, <laughs> but she is super fun to watch. Um, and I and I think that at the beginning when she when she rejoined the team, she was she had a little bit of like a, a rough time like kind of fitting in. But now that she's getting more and more used to to Walt's system again, I think that she's going to be a really really dangerous player on this team. And you know, speaking of the Sparks, I did want to talk a little bit about the Sparks defense because. That was a problem for the Liberty because the Sparks were able to make a run in the third, tie the game back up and just make me feel sick to my stomach. But what about their defense made things so hard for the Liberty? They're just, they're unrelenting. And that's, it's such a, it's such a 
easy thing to say, but wave after wave after wave of sparks, arms, limbs just disrupting. They pick you up either full or three-fourths court. When, the second that ball crosses half court, there is an insane amount of pressure being put on every ball handler, not just the Liberty. This is every single team that they do this to. And they lead the league in turnovers generated. I'm not sure about points off of turnovers necessarily, but if you watch a Sparks game, pay attention to the three-point line all the way to half court. As soon as that ball crosses, before it can get to the three-point line, there is more pressure there than you'll see in most basketball games, just because that's who the Sparks are. And what they did is force 29 Liberty turnovers in that game. And here's an insane stat to me. There were eight players that New York fielded. Six of them were forced into at least three turnovers. But Nigelini, who I know we're both a fan of, nine turnovers that that doesn't happen like i 29 turnovers is mind-boggling to me yeah 29 turnovers and they still won the game uh so it's just i know like turnovers have been a problem for the liberty this season just not in this capacity like it was in this game and you know luckily for the liberty they were able to out rebound the sparks so that did help a little bit but the turnovers is definitely something that they've been working on all season and like you said like when you run into a defense like the sparks it does make it a lot harder moving on next we're going to detail the all-star game this year talk a little bit about the team usa roster because the all-star game is happening but first we're going to talk about built bar uh, last week, Amy and I were discussing our favorite Bilt Bar flavors. I think she mentioned that she liked the, the raspberry coconut one. Um, and if you don't know the flavors, we have cherry, we have raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And the big thing about Bilt Bar is that not only do they have like amazing flavors and that they're really good, but they're really healthy. They have 17 grams of protein. They only have 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams net carbs. You know, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. I highly recommend doing it. Amy, if Amy was here, she'd just be over the moon talking about how much she loves Bill Bar. So order today, get that raspberry or that mint brownie, whatever you like. If you go to buildbar.com and you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your first order. So if you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at buildbar.com, let them know we sent you. Okay, today on the Locked On Today podcast, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks stop Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets and from sending them home. Get more of the sports news you need today in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, Evan, let's move on to the All-Star game because the All-Star game is returning this year uh, with a new Team USA versus Team WNBA format. Um, okay, so let's get into a little bit of the rules. So it's set to be held on Wednesday, July 14. And the way that it works is that the all-star players who are voted in who play for Team USA against the remaining all-stars are going to be voted on by fans, players, media, and coaches. 
what are your thoughts on this like new format and like does this make voting for players a little bit con- more confusing yes and uh yes okay so <laughs> i have had this explained to me by wnba expert at this point um sabrina explained this to me on the latest episode of the step through but the thing about it is that it's i understand the concept at this point i just don't know that it makes sense for me it is better than nothing because usually during an olympic cycle there are no all-stars and all-stars from a player standpoint like it matters because there's a financial incentive to making an all-star game so having an all-star selection in a year where there otherwise would have been none is a plus in that sense but for me there's still a lot of things that need tweaking i'd say i'm i'm not suggesting that the wnba can fix it in the time that they have perhaps they can but so if you go on to the all-star voting right now, now that we know Team USA's roster, the players that have made it on there should be removed because that sort of muddles the field. If you have a player who you know, has similar or like slightly less number of votes for them, but let's say somebody like Brianna Stewart, who you know, is always going to get, is always going to garner all-star votes, she is taking up votes that could go to someone else. And so, you know, it's not the cleanest process to me. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, like the same thing. I wish they had a thing where now that they've already announced the roster that they kind of just remove, like you said, the players out of there because now you're stuck thinking, okay, wait, so this player is on this roster, but do I still vote for them or do I vote for this player, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it just makes things a little bit confusing between the fans and like the, the league itself and the communication. And I think that the communication has been a key issue for a lot of things this season with the W. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I'm wondering because it says here that it'll be, so whoever is on TMUSA, if they get voted in, that that's when they'll play. So I'm wondering, does that mean the players who don't get voted in but are still on Team USA, they're not playing? Is that how it works? I So based on my understanding, um, Team USA is effectively going to play like an exhibition game against the All-Stars. And if you are voted on to the All-Star team, you play whoever's on Team USA and like whoever's on Team USA, that's just it. Effectively, I think it's just a Team USA exhibition game, uh, a way for them to play together in a tune-up as opposed to, you know, what they've done in the past is they've played exhibition games against other international teams or even, like, top-end college teams. It's it's such a confusing process that, like, I, you know, if I'm wrong about any of this, I'm sure I'll get corrected about it, but I... I like I said, I still don't understand it. So, yeah. One more thing here to know is that fans will have the largest impact on the All Star vote. They have fifty percent of the vote determined there. The current WNBA players' votes are twenty five percent, and the sports writers and broadcasters are the final twenty five. Are there any players that are not on Team USA that you would 
like to see get voted into this game? Um, well, if you if you check social media out right now, there's a there's a certain player who I, th- I think she has every reason to be upset, but Neka Ogumike mm-hmm. is um is the is exactly the type of player who I worry about getting so upset about this that she will let's say show out in that exhibition game. Team USA has been undefeated for a number of years. Uh, the women's side has been undefeated for a number of years. I, <laughs> I, I, I can imagine a world where that, that undefeated streak comes to an end in an exhibition game because certain people might have felt slighted. There are a number of people who we talked about earlier the Marina Arike backcourt. Arike is somebody who I believe, based on just the numbers, maybe deserved a little more consideration for Team USA. Like, I'm not there. I don't know what the process was like. So surely she was in the pool. But Arike, Neka, Candace Parker, who is who has declared that she will never play for Team USA again because of the omission in 2016. I those three players coupled with like a bunch of other all-star talent, I can see a world where they beat Team USA. Yeah, and I think I would love to see that, just get that revenge against them. Because I think it's, it's definitely going to like light a spark in them. And I think that that's going to be really good for the fans. Uh, it's, a, it's another incentive to be for it to be a competitive game. And what do you think about this happening during an Olympic season? Because I just feel like there's so many things going on this year. You know, we have Eurobasket, we have the Olympics, we have the all-star game, we have the W season taking like a month hiatus in the middle, which is something that, you know, you haven't seen. So what do you think about that? Like so many things happening all at once. Well, it's good for, I don't necessarily know that it's a good it's good for the WNBA product itself, but it's great for women's basketball because now you there are so many different ways to watch, or not necessarily watch, but there are so many different things being put out there. Eurobasket, great European players did not come over to the WNBA for the reason that they wanted to represent their country. We talked about Jonquil Jones earlier. She left the red hot Connecticut Sun to represent Bosnia and Herzegovina. Her, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Okay, I'm not gonna. Bosnia. My apologies if you're listening. Emma Miesemann, who was the finals MVP, the pre bubble finals, like she did not come over so she could represent her country in Eurobasket and, you know, for a number of other reasons. But you have that type of quality in. Eurobasket. You have Team USA going over to the Olympics. You have, you know, the Commissioner's Cup as a thing being added to make it much more interesting. So you have all these different things. Again, my thing is it's not necessarily the best thing for the WNBA, but for women's basketball in general, I think it moves it moves the baton forward moves the torch forward whatever metaphor you would like to use (laughs) yeah and i think it's a good 
opportunity to kind of get more familiar with a lot of these players because I feel like one of the biggest problems that I've seen with people trying to get into the WNBA or trying to get into women's basketball is that they have no idea who these players are. Um, so I think the more the more tournaments, the more events you have around them, just spotlighting them, I think that's so important for the growth of the game as well. And, you know, that's going to be a great thing. Like, I'm so excited every time I see my, my timeline full of people talking about women's basketball. I think it's incredible. And it just makes me so excited for the future of this league and just women's basketball in general. Okay, so we're getting to the end of our show. Uh, Locked on Women's Basketball has you covered throughout the week, so make sure to come back here for daily episodes until Friday. If you have any thoughts on today's discussions, make sure to reach out on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB, myself, Krina MM, and Evan at Evan underscore Qual. And make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel to, ch- to catch his videos, as well as his WNBA show, The Step Through with Sabrina, his NBA pod, Bouncing Around. I'll link it all in the description so you can check it all out. Uh, let us know what you thought of the of the games this past weekend uh, and make sure to vote on the All-Star game because there is only one week left of voting. I believe the last day is June 27. And yesterday votes counted twice and they will count twice again on June 27. So that's something to keep in mind. Of course, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Women's Basketball wherever you get your podcast so that you can get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And that wraps up this edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. Thank you, Evan, for joining me. Now check out Locked On Hawks for more on their playoff run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.